We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo Podcast, episode 518, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Today is Wednesday, December 27th, 2022. Um, I'm going solo again today. I wanted to get a midweek episode thrown in here. And with this being a holiday week, not to mention, obviously, a lot of stuff still going on. People reeling from this blizzard that we've just had. Getting a guest to cover the specific topics that I want to hit on today. It was very hard. Would have been hard to do even without the blizzard, but even harder because of that. Plus, honestly, uh, I want to get a few of these solo pod reps in right now, you know, every now and then. And. You know, today just feels like a, a really good day to do it. And, and let me say this for today's episode as well. Uh, let me tell you this right off the bat, because more than anything else, boys and girls out there, I appreciate every single subscriber, every single listener that we have on this podcast, whether it's the audio side, the video side, this is an audio only episode, so you're not going to find today on YouTube. Uh, I want to say this is very important. I very, very much respect your support and I especially respect your time. Today's episode has basically nothing to do with Buffalo sports or pretty much sports at all. I just want to throw that out there right now. I'm going to spend the next handful of minutes, possibly the next several minutes talking about things directly related to and impacted uh, by this Buffalo blizzard of 2022. In fact, I'm calling this the blizzcast of 2022. It's something we all, well, not all of us, but if you're living in the Western New York area, living around the Buffalo area, um, it's something that we've just went through. So today's kind of a recap of this blizzard and some of the aftermath that's now forming Again, calling this a BlizzCast today. I'm uh, going to be talking a little bit more about Christmas. I talked about a few things on Monday. I kind of want to elaborate on that. Uh, I got some things that I think government here locally and leadership that maybe they could do to better prepare and, and implement if something like this happens again. 
I'm going to hit on some of the more despicable stuff going on in the wake of all this, the aftermath that's going on right now. A few other things that may enter my mind. I want to try and put a bow on this chapter of Buffalo. And then after today, be able to move on to, to better days and better things. So again, if that's not your cup of tea, if you came here purely for the sports talk and the pop culture talk, and you don't want to hear Pat Moran roar about any of this blizzard shit and all the other stuff going around, you've already had your fill. I promise you this, folks. I promise you. I won't be the least bit offended if you hit stop right now and you go find something else to enjoy. In fact, I almost encourage you. If you don't want to hear it, don't drag this out. Just hit stop. Go find something else today. Come back to the next show. Friday to be exact. Because I'm going to have my man Aaron Quinn on from Cover One. Just like I do every Friday. We call it Casual Friday. And on that episode, you're not going to hear a lot of the shit that you're going to hear about today. We'll be talking plenty of football. Including a bills Bengals preview. A humongous Monday night football game coming up for the Buffalo Bills with plenty at stake. And that's going to be Friday. Like I said, I really respect your time. I genuinely do. And I wanted to throw this out there beforehand as kind of a disclaimer. Now saying that, I hope you do stick around because I feel like I got some things that I want to get off my chest and hopefully they are uh, topics and maybe some thoughts that might be of interest to you. Maybe you agree with some of it. Maybe you don't. Certainly Always appreciate your feedback. But now that I got that disclaimer out of the way, uh, let's just get rolling. And this won't be too long, but going to get some things off my chest. And I want to start with Christmas. Now, I did a podcast, a solo podcast on Monday. And on Monday's show, I, I kind of expressed my, my frustration with this Christmas. And when I played it back and thinking about it afterwards, I feel like right now that I didn't do a very good job of... Uh, articulating my thoughts and maybe because of that I may have come across at least I felt that in my own mind anyway maybe I came across as a little uh ungrateful for a lot of things all things considered maybe I felt a little bit on the ungrateful side in retrospect but anyway in the grand scheme of things I should feel I do feel very blessed uh, you know I was with my family Christmas morning. Gifts were around the Christmas tree on Christmas morning. Everything that I ordered a couple weeks before Christmas that I got online that I was horrified would not come before Christmas, especially before the storm hit on Friday. Everything I ordered came before the storm. I have a tree and lights were on the tree. They were lit up, which of course means that the power was on. The power was on. So it was warm. We had plenty of food. Had plenty to drink. And my wife, had my kids. That was great. You know, I got some really cool stuff. Typical, uh, you know, Asian daddy dude stuff. Got some socks, plenty of them. Got some pajama pants. Uh, got a really nice Josh Allen jumping over City Hall canvas. You can't see it right now in this episode because this is audio only, but... It's going to be visible. It's going to be part of my uh, YouTube studio look for, for uh, what's going to be on camera. So on future YouTube videos, you'll see that going forward. Really cool gifts. So I got, I got some nice stuff again. Good gifts. Family with me. Power's on. The heat's on. Food in the fridge. It's just uh, 
So complaining about Christmas, when you look at it in those regards, it just felt and it does feel so vain. And I understand. And again, I did on Monday. It's not like I didn't even acknowledge this. I did on Monday. I just feel like I didn't do a good enough job. So I'm kind of redoing uh, what I said on Monday. Hopefully better. I get it, man. People had it so much more worse. I mean, for starters, quite literally, as I record this, to my knowledge, at least 27 people have died from this blizzard. And that, that is just, it's sickening. It it's truly is. It it's sickening. And it's gut-wrenching to even think about it. More than two dozen people, and probably more to come before this is all said and done. They lose their lives two days before Christmas or Christmas Eve or, or Christmas directly related to this blizzard. And that's because they froze to death in a car or they got carbon monoxide poisoning you know, while stranded in their car. Or they, they had a medical issue and first responders physically couldn't get to them in time. It's just, it's just heartbreaking and, and it's awful. It's awful anytime. It doesn't matter when, it doesn't have to be a holiday. It could be any time of the year when you hear stuff like this, it's, it's just, it rips your heart out. But man, for Christ's sake, Christmas, you know, and I, I can't relate to any of that in that way, but I can, I can imagine what these families right now are feeling at least to some extent anyway, because I saw my father die suddenly, unexpectedly, just two days before Christmas. This was many, many years ago, but I, I went through that, man. I, I lost a parent two days before Christmas and it took a long time. And I mean, a long time for me to get over that and to be able to enjoy the holidays again. I can't even imagine right now, or I can imagine to some extent, at least, the heartbreak that that the families, that the loved ones feel for people who, who have perished directly because of this blizzard. And not just now going forward, the holidays, man, it's just, it's going to be tough for, for a long time. And it, it's just terrible. And obviously that's the worst of it. That's the extreme. But even beyond the extreme, I mean, thousands of people spent Christmas this week in cold or in the dark and, uh, they weren't where they wanted to be. You know, they weren't with the person that they wanted to be or the people that they planned on being with. In some cases, people were starving, you know, maybe all this all at once. You know, I personally know if I'm not going to say the person's name on the air, but I personally have a, a good friend of mine who went to pick up her son from her baby's daddy's house. She lived in the South Buffalo area and her, her boyfriend or, or baby's daddy, I should say, like I said, um, lived in another part of the city, went to pick him up on Friday early, but not early enough to not get stuck. And long story short, or short ended up getting stuck at her, her ex's house with her kid and no power. And um, it's been days now. As of this recording, and I'm recording this fairly late on, on Tuesday night, still stuck there. By the way, too, a house with no power either. So on Christmas with her child there, she has pretty much spent the last four days going back and forth from a house that she did not want to be stuck at out to her car to constantly run it so she could charge up her phone a little bit at the time because there, there's no power in the house to, to be able to, to charge up her phone. And just, again, these type of situations, and I'm sure lots of people 
you know, and, and lots of parts of Buffalo know somebody that's going some through something uh, relatively similar. And like I said, a kid, that's the worst part. Kid has not, they haven't been home. So the kid has not even been able to get his Christmas gifts yet. And by the time you're listening to this, it's going to be sometime Wednesday. So yeah, man, it, it, it's tough to express personal frustration over the holidays without coming off as an entitled douchebag, you know, due to how many people have had it worse. But, you know, honestly, at the same token, I, I'm a human being, I have emotions and stuff. And oh man, I was, I was really hoping, you know, that this would be a magical Christmas season. I was excited and I don't want to get too, you know, far into the weeds, but I will say this. I, I've spent my entire life in Buffalo, as many of you know, until 2016. My family moved to Florida for a few reasons. And during those five years in Florida, there were a lot of things about Florida that I really enjoyed. But one of them was not Christmas time. In fact, I hated it. Now, we came home every single year while we lived in Florida. We always made it back home to Buffalo for Christmas, but not Christmas season. Like we would get back to Buffalo December 23rd. Like one year we actually got home to Buffalo on Christmas Eve. So we would get to come up for like four or five days, a couple days before Christmas, maybe stay a day or two after Christmas and go back to Florida. Florida was beautiful. Um, scenery was great. You know, there'd be trees lit up. It looked like a Hollywood movie set around Christmas time. It was beautiful in that regards, but it just didn't feel authentic. It didn't feel real. It didn't feel like Christmas season. Last year was my first Christmas back and it was probably one of, you know, when I made a pros and cons list, when we made a pros and cons list about Buffalo and Florida, honestly, one of the big pros for me was being able to enjoy Christmas season again, authentic, true feeling of Christmas. And I, and I feel that in Buffalo. So anyway, last year, first year back, pretty cool. This year though, I was, and plus there was a lot of stuff going on in my life last year, whereas this year has been a much better year um, personally. So I, I was really excited to get in the Christmas spirit this year. I put up my tree and the decorations ridiculously early, like before the end of November, which by the way, a few friends, they've accused me of, of jinxing Christmas with doing that. It just, it is what it is, man. You know, again, I don't want to get too much into the weeds complaining. It's just, was like all of you was hoping for probably a, a better Christmas than, than what most of us got. But anyway, you know, so we all got our matters, you know, our opinions, I should say, on uh, matters that are related to this blizzard. And I certainly have mine. And a couple of days ago, I think maybe Monday, I, I penned a little post on, on social media, kind of like outlining things. Because now it's easy to be, just like with sports, you know, we watch a, a Bills game on Sunday and then come Monday, we're all experts. We're having the benefit of watching the game and having the benefit of hindsight. It's easy to say the next day, you know, the Bills should have ran the ball more. Josh Allen should have slid. And, you know, the defense sh should have blitzed more. They should have played more zone. Whatever. You, you get what I'm saying. It's easy to be an armchair quarterback with sports. It's easy to be an armchair quarterback in life with anything. And uh, having said that, again, I posted a, a little something on social media. And I outlined, outlined I should say, a couple things that, that I feel need to be improved on when it comes to like storm and blizzard prevention to kind of make the carnage that is left behind a little bit more manageable uh, in the future. And I'll tell you what, here's what we're going to do. We take a real quick break and then I'm going to go over 
a few of those points. I got two main points and then kind of two sub points. These are things that I think looking back next time, hopefully there isn't a next time, but if this comes again, that we could be better prepared. And I'm going to let you know before the break, it's probably going to be parts of this uh, throughout the rest of this episode where you definitely are going to hear some uh, anger in my voice. But anyway, be right back, folks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, I'm back. We are talking about the Buffalo Blizzard of 2022. Calling this a Blizzcast. Maybe I'll get that right. By the way, recording this one take raw. So if I screw up like I just did, ain't going back and editing it today. When the dust like eventually settles uh, on this blizzard, I think that leadership needs to make a few changes, man. I need to, they need to ensure that the cleanup and that the rescue efforts, that they fare better in the future. Now, you know, Mother Nature, citizens losing power, that's something that the county cannot control. There's nothing you can do about that. That is purely in the hands of the event, of the weather, of Mother Nature. But I think we can all agree that the worst part of all this has been that efforts from first responders and snow plow removers, they've been hampered because of uh, the just extraordinary amount of struck or stuck in, in stranded vehicles. And I'm sure a lot of you on social media or the news have seen photographs or videos. I mean, there's just been, especially on Sunday and Monday, 
just stranded vehicles literally everywhere uh, in the city. I think there's two things going forward that can, sh- that can be done, that should be done, and doing so will help combat this. And trust me, I, I plan on getting Mark Poland cars on my show again, or at least attempting to. I've, I've had him on before, and I'm hoping to get him on again. I have a decent relationship with him. Not the biggest fan, but I certainly have a, a healthy respect for him. And I feel like, especially after being on the show, he has a respect for me. He knows that I'm not going to just ambush him with gotcha bullshit questions. I'd like to have a legitimate sit-down conversation about a lot of things. But among this, um, storm handling. So I am absolutely going to attempt to get him on the show again to talk about some of the stuff that we're about to talk about right now. So I said two big points. Number one, the driving ban. I feel like the driving ban needs to be proactive. It wasn't. It was reactive. Uh, I paid really close attention to this storm like all week. Everyone knew it was rolling in on Friday. Okay, let me throw that out there too. The only thing that was surprising, at least based on from what I've seen with reports on TV and on social media, I think this storm ended up smashing us a few hours earlier than expected. I remember hearing that it was going to be around noon, one o'clock, where we really started to feel like it was going to get going at around nine, but it would be around noon, one o'clock, where it really started to to hammer us a little bit. So in that regards, it did start a little earlier than expected. Uh, We woke up, I woke up anyway, to a a driving ban that was going into effect. I I believe it was either nine or 9.30 on Friday. Either or, doesn't matter, 9 or 9.30. See, this is my issue. That's too late. Hordes of people on Friday morning had already traveled to their jobs well before 9 a.m. I'm talking about people who go to work at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m., even 8 a.m. These people already left their homes and went to work. And even companies that knew a storm was coming, which pretty much everybody did. But again, you know, you figure it's going to start get going around the early afternoon. You maybe. You can get a half day out of your company. So people already were at work before the driving bank kicked in. Lots and lots and lots of people. So even if they got out of work early or they had a half day, like I said, uh, within a few hours of this starting, the roads were a complete disaster. Here's what I'm getting at. I I feel like it should have been announced on Thursday night that there'd be a countywide driving ban beginning at 9 a.m., Friday morning. And I looked and I looked at Mark Polagars' page. I looked at the Thruway page. I looked at Byron Brown's page. I looked at the governor's page all on Twitter. Zero announcements about proactively, I should say, about a driving man on Friday. So it was reactionary. It was not proactive. We knew it was coming. We just weren't sure what it was going to start to pound us. Now, detractors, there's plenty of them out there. I know what they're going to say. Well, You can't prematurely issue driving bans before seeing firsthand just how bad things are going to be. And they'll point to the fact that more often than not, the storms that we end up getting all this coverage about that send people reeling the tops and Wegmans and save a lot to stock up on the bread and the milk and all that stuff. You go in, you know, the night before a storm is supposed to hit and you can never find any bread or milk because it's already gone. Well, again, you hear how bad it's going to be. And they'll point to that fact, and it ends up being not as much as expected. Maybe even a dud, the storm. It happens. We've seen it many, many times. You know, to that, I would say, first of all, that might be the past because I feel like 
technology today is better than ever. And I feel like they're way more accurate in, in correctly predicting when these storms are coming. But even beyond that, I'd say good leadership can explain to people and they can effectively convey to the people, the public, it's always better to err on the side of caution. Always better to err on the side of caution with an emphasis to, to what happened this time. Going forward in the future, like I'm saying, you err on the side of caution, you bring up what happened this time. 27 people dead ain't counting. Those are the consequences of not potentially being overly cautious. And if you think that's wrong, if you think it's wrong to proactively put a ban in place before it even starts to get bad out because your goal is to keep people off the streets so you can be able to get to the streets to be able to clean them quicker or so people are staying off the streets and they don't get stuck within a matter of an hour or two. If you think that's wrong, try telling that to the family of a 73-year-old woman out there who literally froze to death while she was stranded in a car, right? So being more proactive, don't wait until the storm's already started or until it's already getting bad. And I know it was getting bad by 9.30 a.m. That's when you have a driving ban. The driving ban should have been in place on Thursday night. Don't go in front of the media and, you know, on YouTube or these TV press conferences and, and point the finger at citizens and say, we told you this, we told you that. Well, you know what? You should have put a driving ban in place before the storm even started because at least some people, you might not get everybody to not drive on Friday, but you certainly would have deterred a lot of people. And the more people you deter, the less cars that are out there and the less cars that are out there, the less that are getting stuck. So be proactive, not reactive when it comes to driving bans. That's one thing. And the other thing, I think there should be, and I know a lot of people aren't going to agree with this. This is my personal take, and I'm going to stand by it too, no matter what you tell me. You should, there should be significantly harsher penalties for anyone out there, non-essential, that breaks driving bans. And I know a lot of people ain't going to want to hear that shit, but it's what I believe. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have to say this. It's my podcast to say whatever I want. I don't have to throw myself under the bus, but I'm going to. I broke the driving ban myself when the, when the, well, when the storm first started on, on early Friday morning. Okay. And I'm talking early In fairness to me, it wasn't really bad yet, but it was coming. It was starting and the ban was getting put into place when it first started. And I regret it. I, I regret doing so would not do it again, but I drove to Lackawanna and then back. Uh, my wife was in Lackawanna, her mom's house. And I wanted to make sure she ended up with us, my son and I. So I did go to Lackawanna and I came back. Well, technically it was a driving ban. Again, one none like it got by like say lunchtime, but still I shouldn't have done it. But I, even more than that, I know people personally, people that drove on Saturday or people that drove on Sunday and they weren't even stopped. You know, there's a driving ban and they weren't even stopped. And they were saw, they were seen, but they weren't even stopped. I know someone else that was, and they were simply told to, to turn around and go back home. So no, at least early on anyway, no real harsh penalties. And I'm proposing that there are. I would propose you're a non-essential driver and you're caught driving during a driving ban. I think you should face an automatic $5,000 fine. I'll throw that number out there. And points on your license. How about that? That sounds crazy. I get it. I know it. But think about this. One of the reasons why people 
do things that they're not supposed to do, whether it's this or just anything in life, it's because they don't have fear of consequence. You know, a lot of children that misbehave, the reason why they do so is they're not afraid. There's no consequence for their actions. So they do what they want because they're not worried that mommy or daddy are going to punish them, right? Am I right? I think I am. Bottom line is this. People think twice about doing something they're not supposed to when they are faced with actual stiff consequences. You think twice. Somebody who just wants to get to a friend's house for whatever reason, they ain't worried about getting caught. But they would, but if they are worried about getting caught, they're worried about getting penalized badly, they might not do it. Now, look, in some cases too, I said an automatic $5,000 fine and points on your license if, if you're non-essential. In some cases, they're emergencies. Like maybe a parent or a grandparent is stuck somewhere with no power or you're trying to get back home to a kid. There's lots of things of that nature. If it's a true emergency, you'll have your day in front of a judge. Whatever town you're in, you'll get a citation. You appear in front of the judge. You'll have your day in front of that judge. And if you can prove that it's some kind of an emergency or it was, that outcome will be different. And you can have that penalty rescinded. Simple as that. I just feel like if you force a, a strong consequence on someone for their actions, it's less likely that they're going to do it. When you don't worry, when you don't have nothing to worry about, you're more likely to do it. Quickly, I want to throw like kind of a comparison on her. I know this is going to sound stupid, but but bear with me, folks. I know a restaurant in, in South Buffalo it has a parking lot, and then it has a wall space. And cars who are taking deliveries park along the wall, and, and customer cars park in the parking lot. And sometimes the parking lot is really packed, and people are constantly parking when they shouldn't be alongside the wall. And I I tell the owner, I say, listen. Why don't you just put up a sign saying deliveries only? He goes, well, it's not really enforceable. No one's going to listen. And I'm like, not everyone's going to listen, but some people are going to listen. If you have 20 cars that come through and see that sign or don't see a sign, they're all going to park there. If you have 20 people or 20 cars that come through and they see that sign, no parking, only deliveries, maybe 10 of them won't park there. They'll go somewhere else, even if they can't find a spot close by because they'll say, I can't park here. Point being is you deterred 50% of those cars from parking somewhere where they shouldn't. So even if the thought of, of stiffer consequence doesn't get everybody to, to not drive, it will deter part of the of us, part of us. And if we do that, now you got half the cars that ended up getting stuck on all these streets instead of what we ended up having. It still would have been really shitty and really bad, but it would have been less. You get what I'm saying? And by the way, here's a bonus tactic too. Uh, like how do you get employed this? I think I cannot take credit for thinking of this. My cousin Billy did. Um, he pointed out the county should keep some kind of running list of snowmobile owners that are willing to, to volunteer in case of emergency weather. And they can be mobilized or deployed in a crisis sooner by doing that instead of having to wait for cries of help from, you know, like desperate citizens on social media apps 
like Facebook. So you get a snowmobile, you get it registered with the county, you, you, you're volunteering to help people, and then they can reach out to you as soon as the crisis has started. Say, hey, we need you here. You know, you can figure that stuff out. But point being is you volunteer and you're already on a list. You're not sitting there on Facebook waiting for somebody to text you or reach out for cries of help. So that could also help. And one other thing that maybe I should have included, you know, for most it's common sense to kind of stock up on food before the storms, but maybe, you know, leadership needs to do a better job of hammering that point home more effectively, you know, in these days leading up to a blizzard or major storm, whether it's videos or tweets or whatever, you know, one thing that gets people out when, when they shouldn't be out is running low on food. That'll make you take your chances, right? You know, I'm seeing photos and videos of supermarkets as we're taping this on Tuesday night here, literally being cleaned out of food, completely out of food in the entire store, man, all the bread, milk and meats and all that stuff all gone in just a matter of a few hours because people didn't have that much food. They were desperate to get out. But again, you know, I think the single biggest problem during this blizzard has been first responders. They just, they can't get to people. They, they, they can't get to the people they need. And, and plow drivers, they can't clean off the snow because the streets are littered and stranded with abandoned vehicles all over the place. That by far is the biggest problem. You know, people are out here working in Buffalo, Western New York, 40, 50 hours with little to no rest. And they're doing it on Christmas so they can try to help and, and get some people out there. But, the, you know, can't do, you could do your part as a citizen just by staying home. And again, not getting stuck and not having your car because these people couldn't get to people, to people in need and they couldn't plow streets because there's cars that are stranded and stuck all over the place. So yeah, like being more proactive with driver restrictions and coming down harder on people who break these bands to me, that seems to be the most feasible ways to improve future response to these severe storms like the one we we just got and you know I must say this too I'm I'm not gonna irrationally be harsh and you know show hatred for politicians and, and blame everything on them like some people maybe some of you that are listening do to me that's just ignorant and quite frankly I also think it's lazy but for people who are angry at politicians one thing I, I'm gonna agree with if you're Mayor Brown if you're if you're polling cars if, if you're Kathy Hogan if you're Governor Hochul don't just get on YouTube or, or live TV or, or whatever the fuck. It's it sit there on your high horses and point your finger at the audience, the citizens, and act like we warned you, we told you so. For the record, I went and I looked at Byron Brown's Twitter account and I barely saw shit on there until after this blizzard was already getting out of hand. You know, he's had a presser yesterday talking about saying, you know, to get the family members or to get with who you plan on spending Christmas with or move your travel dates up a couple of days so that you got it all taken care of before the end of Thursday. I'm like, lying ass. No, you didn't. When did you say that? It ain't on your Twitter. I didn't see it anywhere. You know, Mark Polenkars, I thought he did a much better job of, of warning us, you know, what was coming, but even still kind of like sounding like you're threatening your citizens to stay home. I don't think that's the most effective way to get your point across. Uh, just an all around mess, man. You know, if God forbid something like this ever happens again, hopefully we'll be better prepared in, in every way possible. Although, like I said, at the end of the day, there's no foolproof way to, to prepare for natural disasters, whether it is blizzards or hurricanes. The biggest thing, I keep going back to it, 
is leadership just has to do a better job. However it is that they can communicate with people to get them to stay home. Too many people were leaving when they didn't need to. Again, there's a difference between essential and non-essential or emergency and not emergency. And last thing too, this was also the perfect storm. You know, it's bad enough when any storm comes on a weekend, people don't want to sit home on the weekend. They want to get out. They want to go somewhere. They want to do something. But you couple that with the fact that it was Christmas weekend of all weekends, people were going to take chances. I did, uh, again, albeit very early Friday, but still I did. People took chances. People were willing to take chances because they wanted to get to wherever it was that they had planned on going for Christmas Eve or for Christmas. And they think that maybe, you know, they got an SUV instead of a, a, a car that's no good in the winter. They think their car is good for the winter. They underestimate how bad it was outside and they're driving it or they can see, they look out their windows and they can see perfectly fine. And then they get two blocks over and then a wind drift comes and bam, they end up in a drift, you know, they end up in a snowbank somewhere and their cars are stuck and it just became such a big mess. And it happened over and over and over again. And these cars get stuck and, and people couldn't get them out. So, you know, you can prepare all you want, but the best thing that leadership can do is just find a, an effective way to communicate how important it is and get people to listen to uh, stay home. Um, one more quick break. And then on the other side, I got one or two more things that I want to get to. Sports fans who like to wager, which is pretty much everyone these days, I'm here to tell you about OddsTrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than OddsTrader. Why is OddsTrader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does it matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them. You're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting the underdogs or profiting the most if you're going to go with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different sign-up codes and promos from the sports books to get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, the Odds Trader app gives you the player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a bet tracker so that you can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're into betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Odds Trader, the number one site. All right, back one more time. Real quick here. I, I don't want to deep dive into this at all. It, it, it's frustrating and, and it's uh, it's not e easy to talk about, but I, I, I'm not going to ignore it either. And, that, and that's the looting that we've seen in the last couple of days. Kind of like, well, the blizzards just ended, but, you know, just post-storm and all this stuff, all the things going on. It's just, I mean, what the fuck is there to say about it? There's great people. And there's complete scumbags wherever you go, wherever you live. That's not exclusive to Buffalo. I lived in Florida and it was the same shit. There were parts of Florida, great people all over Florida. And then there were just your vast minority, you know, very small minority, but just 
complete pieces of shit. It's like that everywhere you go. It's not exclusive to Buffalo, New York, and it sucks to have to be seeing this right now. It happens wherever you live. It's unfortunate and it's utterly disgusting. It makes me angry that photos and videos of this looting that is going on, and it's growing, by the way, it's getting more and more over the last few days. It's what's angering me. First of all, it's angering me, period. It angers me that human beings could sit there while people are dying, while people are freezing, while we're committed to trying to rescue people who are stranded in cars or can't get out of their homes or can't open their door because it's stuck with snow and all this stuff. People are using that to take advantage of an opportunity to, to smash windows and just help themselves to whatever they want. And it's not just groceries. It's not just grocery stores. I've seen videos or photos of Aaron's rental and rent a, rent a center and shit like that smash and people walking out with couches and big screen TVs. And of course you got people out there and again, I'm already getting fired up, but I told you I was going to be honest. I was going to be candid this episode. People are, are saying, well, who gives a shit? You know, insurance will cover that. That's not the point, man. It's not the point. There's human beings out there taking advantage of dire situations while people are dying. You want to be angry. Don't be angry at the media or the cop. Be angry at the people who are doing this shit. Seriously. It makes me angry. Photos and videos, this looting, it's already starting to, and this is why I'm, I'm so angry. It's starting to overshadow uh, the incredible efforts right now of people Acts of heroism, legit true heroism, man. Medical personnel that's been working for days. First responders, plow drivers, snow removers, it's, et cetera. It's just, it, that pisses me off, man. And there, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of stories about heroic shit we're seeing going on too. But I'm, I'm not talking so much even locally. Like you go on Twitter and all of a sudden videos or, or photo of people looting in Buffalo. That's the shit. That's going viral. And it really, it pisses me off, man. You can only hope that as many of these looters get caught as humanly possible, that they're plastered all over the news, that they're a disgrace. And when they do have their day in court, I hope the judge drops whatever the hammer is, the biggest hammer that he could possibly drop on them. You know, I've said a lot of shit about Mayor Byron Brown, and it's not hard to tell. I'm not a big fan, okay? Uh, I don't like what he said at the press conference, pointing his finger at people when I go on his social media and he hasn't really said shit before the storm, before it was too late. But anyway, one thing I do agree with, he called, uh, he called these looters the lowest of the low. And I quite frankly, I think he was underselling it a little bit. I, they're complete scumbags. People are going in, like I said, some cases people are, are, are dying, man. They're freezing and people are just breaking in the shit and taking advantage. It just, ugh. It gets under my skin, but here, here, here's the deal, folks. They're bad apples, okay? There's a couple bad apples in Buffalo. There's a couple bad apples in Rochester, in, in Sarasota, Florida, in Houston, Texas. You name a city, it's going to be the same everywhere. It truly is. Don't focus on the bad apples. I'm trying really hard to be locked in on these acts of kindness, and there's been a ton of them. You know, none more so. There's a woman named Shakira Autry. Um, this woman literally saved a man from freezing to death. A, a disabled man in his 60s was going to freeze to death. He was going to die. And, and Shakira and her boyfriend rescued this guy, got him home. This was in North Buffalo. How about, I'll tell you what. There's a, a site on Facebook and Twitter called Sweet Buffalo. Either or, Facebook or Twitter. They got a really nice story on that. By the way, 
I've already reached out to uh, Shakira. I'd love to get her on this podcast. I'd love to talk to her. I'd love to highlight that story. It just blew me away. I got emotional reading it. She had a video that was live on Facebook while it was happening. It just, it really got to me. And when I say that, it got to me in a, in a good way. One of the things we're going to be doing on this podcast going forward is I'm going to be having some episodes where I, I feature people like that. People who bring positivity to Buffalo. People who, who shine Buffalo in a great light. And none of them have done so during this process more than uh, Shakira. So anyway, I, I plan on reaching out to her. But anyway, that people opening up their homes to strangers, stores and buildings, taking care of people, uh, people rescuing each other on, on snowmobiles. You know, so much of this has sucked, but it's also, again, it's brought out some some really great people and some really good stories too. And I know there's a lot of media bashing going on by some. You're always going to see that. Uh, quite frankly, and I'm just going to call it as it is. One of my biggest frenemies, a uh, frequent guest on my podcast here, a guy that is a friend of mine, but somebody who I go at it with constantly. And it's real too. Like we we go at it for real. It's It's not a dog and pony show is legit. But anyway, no, the media is focused far more on, or they say, they claim that the media is too focused on covering the bad stuff like the looting. I, I don't agree with that, man. I, I've been paying, trust me, I ain't been doing shit all week. I've been staying home. I've been watching the news like crazy, following stuff on social media. I've seen pretty much every press conference. I've watched Spectrum News. I've watched Channel 2 News. i watched some of Channel 4. So I, I've been watching the news plenty. The, the media is focused far more on covering the, the storm, the blizzard, the effects of the blizzard, the forecast, uh, what kind of condition the throughways are in, stuff like that, acts of heroism, than they are covering these looting acts. They're doing their job. They're asking questions at pressers, and they're running stories on it, the looting I'm talking about. At least uh, in this case, I, I think it's for the right reasons. These are, again, low lives taking advantage of a of a huge crisis for their own personal gain. Nothing more, nothing less. And they don't represent their communities. They don't represent anyone else on this earth except themselves. They're greedy selves, and that's it. Tough spot to be, man. On one hand, you're the media. You have to report crimes as news. It is news. The shitty part is that that stuff ends up going viral, and it puts a dark cloud on everything going on here uh, in Buffalo. And last thing, now I'm going to get out of here. I, I got to be better with social media, especially Twitter. If you follow me, hopefully you do. At Pat Marin tweets. I spent like an irrational amount of time battling Twitter trolls over the last couple of days. It's just, it's exhausting, man. And people, you know, people either say things purely for the purpose of inciting a, a reaction or, or even worse. They, they actually believe what they say. I, you know, I saw a few people actually criticize a pair of cops because they transported pizzas to, to Mercy Hospital. You know, let me get a little backstory here. So on Monday afternoon, Imperial Pizza put up a, a post. They donated 40 pizzas to Mercy Hospital. And again, there's a driving man going on in South Buffalo. So it's not like there's delivery guys who can take food anywhere. So a cop car came, two cops came with a very uh, roomy uh, vehicle. And they put 40 pizzas in there and they brought the food over again, donated from Imperial pizza to mercy hospital to help feed their personnel and the first responders guys and girls that have like barely slept in NA for days. Some of these people have worked quite literally for 40 hours in a row. And it's just, 
you know, people, no, ma- no matter what you say, they're just going to take the contrary point of view and they, and they want attention. That, that's what it comes down to because there are a couple people on social media who see this picture. The cops are smiling. It's a feel-good moment. And they got to make note that people are freezing to death and dying and you got cops delivering, helping accommodate delivering pizzas. I'm like, are, are you fucking serious? But that's what it is. That's what it's like a lot of the time on social media, man. People are just going to take that contrary point of view. They want attention. They'll say no matter what it is that they've got to say. So I, I've had enough. I, I can't get rid of Twitter. Twitter is too important for this podcast and, and things that I do to, to just delete Twitter. Plus, honestly, there's still some reasons and, and some ways that I enjoy Twitter. So I'm not going to delete it. But I'll tell you this much. For, for a long, long time, I never blocked anybody and I never muted anybody. I just deal with the shit and let it roll off my shoulder. But I'm done with that. I, I really am. I'm, I'm going to start a muting brigade. Uh, I'm going to start. I'm going to come. I'm going to become a, a mute-aholic. And by the way, all credit to me comes up for that term, mute-aholic. I came up with that shit. And if you don't know, muting someone on Twitter means you're not actually blocking them but you also no longer see what they say. So they can tweet at you. They can say whatever the hell they want to say and you ain't ever going to see it. So if you're out there and you think I'm paying attention to your bullshit and and you don't see me respond to your nonsense, I got news for you, pal. Chances are that I've muted you. So (laughs) anyway, like I said, it's been frustrating. This has been a, a very tough way to end the year. If you're in Buffalo, especially, obviously, uh, uh, people are at their limit right now with the storm. By the way, a third significant snowstorm here in Buffalo in, what, the last six weeks. I mean, by Christmas time, we have three significant snowstorms. I think I saw a stat where at the Buffalo Airport right now, they already have their snow total, their average snow total for the entire season, and we haven't even hit 2023 yet. That's just nuts, man. People are at their limit. They're testy. Some cases, people out there right now hungry, cold, they're annoyed. Who can blame them? Uh, let's just hope that these last few days get better. And you know, soon enough, the city rebounds and things start to get cleaned up. We get back to normal life. And, and most importantly, that we're much better prepared for the next crisis. Because you live in Buffalo, folks, you know a new crisis will be coming uh, sooner or later. All right, man, that is going to do it for today. Again, thank you. If you if you made it to the end, I've been rambling. I've been stumbling over my words here and there. I appreciate you. Didn't write much down, man. Just kind of letting it rip here. This was kind of a me getting a lot of shit off my chest episode. Hopefully some of you at least can get relate to what I was talking about today. Anyway, um, Friday, normal episode. Last episode, of course, of 2022. Casual Friday, my man Aaron Quinn from Cover One. Buffalo Bills talk. Bills Bengals, huge game coming up next Monday night. We'll plenty to talk about when it comes to that and much more with Aaron. So thank you very much. Stay safe. And I mean that. I say it all the time, but now I really mean it. Please stay safe. Talk to you guys really soon. Take care.